Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan right now brought to you by Ford and your North Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. It is our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola. Good morning, sir. Good morning to you guys. Man, we beat the crap out of the Eagles <laughs> yesterday. We did demolished great. them. Yeah, that we was nice. did. We did. And I love it so much. And I'm so happy this morning. We need to talk. Just a little bit more about how amazing Brandon Aubrey is, though, right? It's uh, it's incredible. Um, you know, I was watching him warm up before the game, and the direction he hit the 60, I think they were both the same direction, 60 and 59. So when he was warming up, the last kick he attempted was 58 yards and it, well, the net's right on the wall, right? Yeah. It was high on the net, and it hit the the back wall there, right? So I'm sitting there going, you know, that's good from 63 or 65. Yep. And I'm wondering, you know, if they get in a pinch, do they have the nerve to try it from 60? And by golly, they did. And I'm sitting there thinking you know, this would be a hell of a way to break your streak of consecutive field goals because you got to hit a 60-yarder. And he crushed it. He absolutely crushed it. And it would have been good from 65, by the way. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's one of the more incredible stories in the NFL this year. I'm not saying this happened, but then what would you say if there's a radio host out there who appreciated Brandon Aubrey but was also predicting that he would miss his first field goal next week. <laughs> what would you also say to that person if you trained them? Are you calling me out right yeah, now? That's uh, right. Uh, that that's that's sort of like uh, you know if you think you're going to pick on Duran Bland, right? Take your chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This was my chance, then, Mickey. I just I, all oh I did. I'm amazed <laughs> by everything that's happened. I just happened to say I think Buffalo. That it's like. It might be the one, the one time he gets well, out there. Well, I mean, he's he's probably gonna miss one at some point, right? I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, you're, I I understand we'll you're playing the odds. The more you make thirty in a row, the chances are you're gonna miss one, and you're gonna hit some bad weather along the way. Yeah. Uh, or high humidity along the way, See? right? Yeah. You got two road games coming up, but what you have to do is just. Like the winning streak, just enjoy the ride, and uh, f- from a Cowboys fan standpoint, right? And don't keep worrying about the next game, the future, what's going to happen in the playoffs. Just enjoy it uh, that you you saw a team, and I guarantee you, there were ninety three thousand people in the stands that uh, enjoyed their Sunday night. Well, and they enjoyed after the game as well. Were you in the room? 
when people were banging on the side of the press conference room chanting MVP and here we go for Dak's postgame presser. I, I believe I was, yes. It's, oh, and Mickey, did you get your? Did you hear uh, Collinsworth and Wilbon? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Tariko last night. <laughs> uh, give you give you your credit. For, I uh, did not. They didn't say your name, but they did tell the exact same story that you told us regarding uh-huh. the "Here We Go" story. I heard Dak. Somebody told me Dak said something. He he did an interview with Jason Garrett. Okay. And Jason asked him the same question. And somebody said, oh, yeah, he said, Mickey just asked me that or something like that. Awesome. Oh. See, How about that? Yeah, so they, they basically said the exact same thing you told us last week, and it was, hey, it means basically shut up, everybody. And if it wasn't for you guys, I might not have asked. Look right? at us. Man, you put me on the spot. This is like a credit train today. I like it. (laughs) Now, I know you're more focused on the team and winning games, but there's only four games left. And as of this morning, Dak Prescott is the favorite to win MVP. That's pretty neat, right? Yeah, but who, who makes that favorite thing? Vegas. And what do they know about the voters? Probably where their kids go to school and everything like that. <laughs> no, oh, wow. but, you know, I understand that, you know, they they got to set some odds, right? Yeah. They, they need people to lose money. People like to bet on the Cowboys. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, That's but fair. are they analyzing kind of the voting record of the people that vote on that, the media people? Because just remember, there's still a serious, you know, cowboy bias out there. Oh, regardless okay. of how yeah, yeah, objective yeah. you think the media people should be. And there's still that Eastern block, right? That uh, <laughs> still are jealous oh of gosh. everything Dallas. Like old school Germany? Is that what we're saying yeah. right here? <laughs> no, that's, uh, Mike's been talking that, about I'm that glad a lot. you picked up on that, by <laughs> yeah. the way. Holy cow. Mike's been talking about that a lot lately d- regarding the like defensive but play yeah. of the year voting yeah. and everything. But I, yeah. I just, I I think you're right about that. I just wonder if, I think even if the Cowboys win three of the next four, I, I, I think he has a very, very good chance. And if they win the next four, I think he's winning the award. Well, I think that's for everybody else to debate. I think that's the least of his worries. I can uh, see that. At this point. And, and, you know, the amazing thing, if you had listened to his entire press conference, he said, if it wasn't for me, we would have put up 50 points. So you realize that was in, in this streak of games that they've been winning, probably his, from a uh, statistical standpoint, one of his poorer games that he's had in like five, six, seven games. I, I appreciate what he's saying for sure there, and I think he's taken a little bit of the bullet for a C.D. Lamb touchdown pass that he should have caught. But Was that the one the guy took his legs out? No, that was Cooks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is I, I appreciate the fact that, and this is what you need from one of your team leaders, is I appreciate the fact that he was like, hey, look, we have to play better. I have to play better, especially after a 20-point dominant win. He's like, this isn't good enough for where we want to be. I played my best game. We put 50 up on well, the board. Well, I mean, think about it. This was his first one in a while that his – quarterback rating was less than 100 99.4 by the way uh he didn't complete 70 percent of his passes like he'd been 61 percent which i think was around the only the second time it's been uh that low and you know they had somewhat of the lull in the third quarter and he took the blame for the sack fumble touchdown return 
but that was their first turnover in four games, by the way. So, you know, they've been pretty good at that. And uh, like he said, you know, okay, the defense kind of made up for me as we made up for them the week before right. when they gave up 35. And then whatever, you know, they didn't get done on offense, Brandon Aubrey cleaned it up. Because, you know, when you kick four field goals, you know, and they were from distance, right? So it wasn't like they were uh, threatening to score or anything. But they had a lot of penalties that kind of got in the way. When's the last time you heard somebody get called for clipping on the offensive line? I can't remember. I really can't remember. And then also offensive offsides, though I know that was a more prominent part of a different game earlier in the day. (laughs) That that was a call that I'm like, ooh, you don't hear that too much. Especially at at that time. Uh, so, well, they called it last year on Tolbert. It was a pretty important game, yeah. remember? Yeah. Lining up in the neutral zone or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, yeah, so, you know, sometimes you get tired of hearing about the complimentary football, but sometimes, you know, you score 33 points, you think you scored 50, but the defense comes in and gets three takeaways, three fumble recoveries. That's the first fumble recovery uh, I believe they've had in quite some time, or maybe just one in the last four or five games. They were aggressive. With they were the hitting, weren't they? Yeah, and the there sp- was a couple other. I thought when I saw the hits, that's like, well, no way the, the ball's not coming out, right? Uh, and you know, they gave up some yards, but they did not give up a touchdown defensively, which is rather remarkable. Uh, knowing that the big plays that that team has executed. And uh, and I, I don't think anybody's going to call Gilmore old again, all right? Man, oh, man, he showed up, didn't he? You know, and, and he gave great. up some plays, but he kept everything in front of him, right? Like a good uh, veteran cornerback will do. Don't let them get behind me. And if they do, I'm step for step with them and can run. And I don't know that we ever heard – uh, Deron Bland's name mentioned, did we? Uh, there Think was, about it. Yeah, there was one tackle that he a made. A tackle. Yeah. <laughs> so for something good. But yeah. I, you're right. No, I, I, you're right about that. And I, I was curious about your take on this. I, I know, like, the when the final stats come out, it didn't look overwhelming or anything like that. But, man, it looked like Tony Pollard was faster yesterday. Well, I think, there, I think he was seeing things, right? And I think it was a good combination of, you know, not sitting there, okay, he's the number one guy. He's got to have 20 carries. He had 16, and Dottle had 12. And they, you know, were, were somewhat productive. I know they didn't average four yards a carry uh, the, between the two of them, but they were productive runs, and they kept uh, Philadelphia, you know, their, kept their attention to, to have to stop the run. So they hit a, a couple nice runs. Uh, then you you mix in Turpin with a 22-yarder. Yeah, that was uh, nice. So, yeah, I, I, I just thought it, it was a good mixture from the play caller who n- no one really knew if he'd last three hours and whatever it was uh, on the field after having an appendectomy on, on Wednesday. So uh, that was a pretty good performance by him also, by the way, that I think we it gets overlooked that uh, – how he was rolling the dice and had the confidence to send his kicker out there for a 60-yard field goal. When I, when I first looked, I saw anger going out there, and I'm going, oh, okay, they're going to punt. 
And then it was like, oh, no, he went out there to hold. So props to him for that and for still earning his paycheck, even though he hasn't had to punt for a while. But one, what's he got now? One punt in two games? Yeah. And I, I have to admit, I thought the 59 yarder was a mistake. I was like, I know he made it from 60 yards, but I don't feel like we should take this for granted. And then as soon as he kicked the ball, I was like, oh, well, never mind. The, well, faith, the he, faith that McCarthy has is yeah. great. And, you know, he, he might have watched the, the warm ups to see how well That's he was true. kicking. That's right, true. and it's indoors, and there's, and, and really the only one that was not exactly dead solid perfect was the forty-five yarder. It was too close. Yeah, it's like <laughs> he, back him he up. Didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like I I I can see, to, you know, where the crossbar is. Not well. He hit the crossbar on the kickoff, right? Twice. Twice. Okay. I think, I, I, I've almost quit watching the kickoff well, just because I know what's going to happen. I think the second time it happened because he needed a new challenge. And he's like, all right, I did it the first time on accident, so I'm going to go ahead and ping the crossboard, across, uh, crossbar again just to show I can't So that's, it. what, six, 75 yards? It's pretty impressive right there. Not, not bad. Well, uh, so anyway, yeah, I thought, uh, you know, maybe – you know, and all the people, and I heard you guys talking about, you know, they still don't believe in the Cowboys. Well, it's it's it, it's not objective people. It's the people that don't like the Cowboys. And they 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 have a hard time giving them their due, right? I could see that. That's why, and, and that's why that stuff comes up about quality wins. And Me- as I said last week, when I look at the standings, I don't see any QH in there or QW in there, you know? It just says wins and losses, can and that's I, it. Can I add one thing to that? I think there is another big group of people that fall in that category is people who did love the Cowboys or do still kind of love the Cowboys, but they're just so angry because of, you know, the playoff failures and everything that they're just expecting the worst. You know but, what I'm saying? But, yeah, but most of those failures aren't this team. No, you're right about right? that. For sure. For it, sure. It, you know, it's, it, it's, the, it's the helmet. It's not the players. That's why every year is different. And I know it's lasted and it's been the same song, but uh, it's not the same players. It's not the same head coach. Although I did see Barry Switzer there, by the way. Yeah, I saw him there, too. Just enjoying his life. Him and John Legend. And John Legend, yeah. He's I wonder legend. what they chatted about. Is you Switzer? Know. Yeah, Switzer and John Legend. <laughs> no, <laughs> they chat there about? is no telling when you get Switzer, right? Because there's no filter there whatsoever. Absolutely That not. is a great point. How about him and Charles Haley getting together? Man, that you could not air that segment on <laughs> well, radio if for you more remember, than 15 seconds. You know, when the Cowboys did their annual kickoff luncheon and they would give uh, a – veteran player however alumni of the of the of the season or whatever they had switzer there introducing haley how about that that's awesome. impressive and it was live right oh wow. my gosh and it's like oh <laughs> what is this about is to an happen? accident waiting to happen <laughs> man i remember one time we did the cowboys hour with charles haley and he only said the f word one time i was pumped oh i did legend shows with him and he would be the guest and he would cuss yep <laughs> and, and 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 i would say charles we're live you can't say that. He goes, you mean I can't say? And he said it again. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Just, just, hopefully you got a good producer with his finger on the button, right? Yeah, and we do. So, We're still waiting to find out about this new fella. 
So yeah, if, if you just want to drop yeah, an F bomb real quick and, and see, see what happens, yeah. see if it's good. Yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. No, I don't do that, Mickey. We're I okay. don't know if I should trust anybody. Right? <laughs> we could just be setting you up for failure. Right? Yeah. yeah get rid of. I this would guy. never do Jeez, that. He's been here so long. <laughs> uh, but anyway, no good win, and you know, and their work is not complete. So, um, but it's a five-game winning streak. Uh, they're tied for the longest active winning streak in the league now. I believe uh, San Francisco, yep. um, because uh, the Colts got beat, right? Then they were the other one with an active yeah, at four. I can't believe that. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a remarkable run, 15 straight at home, all seven this year, and beating uh, however many of their opponents uh, by 20 points or more. So all but, uh, what, the Chargers? Was a close game, yeah, and or the Seahawks and the Seahawks, yeah. So two of them weren't yeah. by twenty points, yeah. So uh, eight of the ten, which is rather remarkable. No matter who you're playing, as we continue to see uh, in the league every Sunday. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Thank you very much, good sir. We'll catch up with you again tomorrow. Sure thing. See you guys. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Mickey Spagnola right here on one hundred five three. The fan. Let's go a little broader. NFL next. What was the most surprising result or biggest statement victory of the NFL weekend? We'll do it next right here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Second 11, high snap, pulls it down, looking, looking. Parsons coming. Parsons, 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 Parsons. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. That's a quality call right there. And Parsons, Parsons. Was it Micah Parsons, I think, engaged with John Mashoda last night? For an obvious holding call that didn't get called, and he's like, "I'm telling you, man, it's comical." Yeah, I, he doesn't get these early calls. on in the game too. There was a very obvious one, and Mike was just like, "I was like, why did that not get called?" Yes, well, if we go by the Collinsworth method, he needed to pirouette after oh, yeah. he got held. If like you Fletcher Cox spun did. around, then they would have been like, "Oh, well, that didn't happen naturally in the run of football. It must have been a penalty." I do, I do wonder. I have no clue why it's not being called. Like, I I really don't understand what's going on, and maybe it's just it's because the Shaq theory, maybe right? it is because he's so dominant yeah. that if we let him, if we get, if we give him, we're gonna have to do it all game. I also do hope that they recognize it in the playoffs at some point. Maybe like they're in the regular season, that's whatever. But during the playoffs, they gotta be, you gotta be calling these things because they're very clear and blatant, man. Yeah. But then again, I also didn't love the fact that Micah, like, I kind of liked it. Had the the illegal hands to the face early in the game. Right. He kind of set the tone for a physical matchup over there. That was fun. Look, at first I was mad. But then when you saw that he almost knocked his helmet off, I was like, well, you know what? You probably got a good And then Lane Johnson like wraps his arm around Micah's neck after that. And I was like, all right. You know it's you know it's a really blatant penalty when you can get the opposing fan, aka me in this instance, to be like, all right, that's a fair call. That's fair. I didn't even say good call, fair call. He almost knocked his helmet off, and I begrudgingly accepted 
that was probably <laughs> a hands to the face penalty. Yep. But that that's that's as far as you're going to get. Now we like to we like to do this usually every week, depending on if we have time or not. What was the most surprising result or biggest statement victory of the NFL weekend? Do you want to start? I think the most surprising result, Kevin, and this goes back to Thursday, is that the Patriots and Steelers scored 21 and 18. Like, that was surprising. But you're talking about this Sunday. You're right. I'll stay focused. The fact that they beat the over by halftime is probably the most shocking thing that happened of the whole football weekend. Even more surprising than Patrick Mahomes finally saying, I've had enough, is I want to go to cut number 22 because all day long, it felt like the Ravens were going to lose this game. But then Evan overtime. Evans punting to Tylen Wallace. Evans hangs a wobbler. Wallace settles under it at the 25. Gets a block. Comes to the near side. 30. Spins out of one tackle. 35 along the near sideline. 40. He's at midfield. Wallace to the 40. Still on his feet. 30. 20. 10. Celebration time. No flags. Wallace in the end zone. Hayes in the barn. And the Ravens win it in overtime. Huge win for the Ravens, who obviously for now keep their hold on the number one seed in the AFC. Now, I I realize that that is very much in flux. Obviously, the Dolphins will have something to say about it. You know what I really like coming down the stretch here is that with the last four games ready to go and the Dolphins play the Titans tonight is you still have Dolphins-Ravens, Cowboys-Dolphins, Ravens-49ers. So you have the presumptive one, two top seeds in the AFC and NFC, and they're either playing one another or they're playing cross-conference. So whoever ends up with the number one seed, they will have gone through the battles to get it. Yeah, got to love the symmetry there. I, I, I was mentioning last week that Lamar Jackson's finally found a little bit of a groove with Odell Beckham, and then you have four for 97 and a touchdown. But then he found a little bit of a groove with all the rest of the receivers, too. So that's pretty interesting to see, uh, considering everybody's freaking out about him losing Mark Andrews and how that's going to be. Yeah. But I think they're, I think that offense is it's steady. The defense is great. And then the special teams adds to it. Kevin, that's, that's a very good football team. And Lamar Jackson pretty firmly entrenched after the happenings of the weekend as the number three candidate for MVP. But look out now because Tyreek Hill is starting to make some way, which will inherently hurt the case of Tua and vice versa. But Lamar Jackson having a heck of a season right there. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to, I think that might have been the biggest statement victory just because of what was on the line for them. But this might have been my most surprising uh, game. If we can go to cut number 21, there's a lot happening in this game. Flacco on fourth down and three. Play clock is at five. I don't know if they're going to snap it. Play clock is at two. They do. He rolls right. He throws the middle. It's wide open. Down at the 25, at the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. It's David Bell. So the Cleveland Browns defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. Jaguars. And 31 to 27. Is that why Mike's not here today? No. Probably. Probably. Because of the three interceptions that Trevor Lawrence threw, and he's Man. embarrassed now. You know what? That's an interesting point. 
Think about all the things that Mike loves or doesn't like. This morning, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence played poorly after his pseudo injury, and they lost the game. Patrick Mahomes had a full-on meltdown on a call that was 100% wow. legitimate. And Dak Prescott is now the betting favorite for MVP. And Otani signed with the Dodgers. <laughs> Man. That's he, all bad things in Mike's world. Is <laughs> And maybe that's why. Could he be going to get Kalachis and see his daughter? Maybe. Or could Kyrie he, had a bad injury that was a heel bruise. Dude, you would have thought he would be back for this because his pal fell on his leg. We'll try to get to that back, a little bit bad. later. Yeah, we'll do that that did week. look like it was going to be horrific. But think about all the things that were set in motion by this game is the Browns are victorious, potentially changing the playoff fates for both of those teams. Joe Flacco, yes, Joe Flacco, and it is the year 2023. This isn't a rerun. I don't want you to think that you fell back into a loop from like eight years ago or something. He played so well, the Browns have said that he's going to be their starter for the rest of the year. And then there's that other thing involving gambling. What? So the final score of this game was 31 to 27. Do you know what the point spread was on this game? Um, Point spread was three and a half. The Browns were favored by three. Okay. So what happened is it's 31 to 21 with a minute 33 left. Jaguars score a touchdown, 31-27. You kick the extra point, try to get a field goal. No. Doug Peterson went for two in that instance, which I have to admit, I don't totally understand. But they went for two. Have you seen the note on that? Like the one that explains why you would? It's like a 50-50 coin flip of whether you should or not. Okay. It really is. The odds are kind of like, it's 50-50. Well, Trevor Lawrence got sacked. So all of these people were thinking, holy crap, I'm going to get a push out of this game. Mm -hmm. And Twitter was littered with people who were mad because they had the... They had the Jags plus three, and they thought they were going to get a tie out of it. On the flip side, if you're a Browns fan and you were giving three, you're probably freaking ecstatic that you were able to pull out the win here. So I think that might have been the most surprising result is gamblers were mad, Mike was mad, and the Browns saw enough to say Joe Flacco's the guy. That's an amazing combination of things that happen in one game. Flacco has played in 14 games in his last four years, Kevin. (laughs) 14 games in his last four years, and they're like, we are so desperate that we will take you as our quarterback right now. And here's the thing. They're not trying to get the number one pick. They're an honest-to-goodness playoff team right now. I could see it if you were, like, jockeying for position with – New England and trying to get that number one pick or the, uh, but no, they're a playoff team right now. And they're like, you know what? Flacco's our guy. Mm-hmm. They're on pace right now to be the top wild card team. Well, what if Flacco can get them there? He, all he has to do is be a steady hand on the wheel, dude. Like that's a, that is yeah. a, that is actually a really good team. They played disorganized of late, uh, but there's been a lot of chaos going on with their quarterback spot, but if you can just have a steady hand. They might be reasonable. If the Browns make the playoffs with Joe Flacco as their quarterback, do you think Deshaun Watson even wants to come back? He's like, I got all the money. 
what am I going to do? Also make the playoffs? But if I fail... He's sitting there and he's like, how could I ever live up to Joe Flacco? You know what he just did? How can I ever get the Browns back into the playoffs yeah. like he did? So Maybe not. I, I, that one is pretty high up on my list of surprising or statement results from yesterday. Oh, man. Marcus Mosher just pointed out the Browns have lost three offensive tackles this season and their quarterback and a running back, and they're still eight and five. That's a sign of a, a and good, another quarterback. A, Remember, they wanted uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, or is it Robinson Thompson? My apologies. They 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 Thompson want, Robinson. Yeah, they wanted him as well, and then they were like, mm, maybe not. Is there news? Somebody said, "Can I read the latest Flacco news, please?" I'll just go see on if there's other news oh. out there that I don't know about. Oh, because I thought Kevin just said it. Yeah, regarding that, they said he's the starter. Now, the one that I was hoping we were actually to lead with and this probably would have gone higher up in the show sheet is the Seattle Seahawks defeating the San Francisco 49ers but that of course did not happen however when it was 10 to 7 Seattle with no Geno Smith I thought maybe there's a chance maybe this could happen Drew Locke could get it done but of course he could not and the San Francisco 49ers continue on because then you would have had a scenario today where the Dallas Cowboys were the number one seed. But that is not what happened. Seattle could not get the job done for us, so thanks for nothing, God. Seattle. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fed. Coming up next, it's time for Gridiron Gravy. Inside the soul-crushing experience that was Vikings Raiders. We'll do that next right here on The Fan. The snap is down. The kick by Joseph is right down the middle. And we have points in Las Vegas. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We're going to have some fun with that as we go around the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy. Dip! And we start with Mike Tomlin has gone ahead and ruled out Kenny Pickett from Saturday's game against the Colts. So Mitch Trubisky... We'll start again. The Chargers have also ruled out, or they do not believe Justin Herbert is going to be able to play due to his fractured right index finger. So it looks like Easton Stick will be up for the Chargers Thursday night against the Raiders as we get another god-awful Thursday night football game. Isn't his, uh, his na- nickname like Duck or something like that? Easton Stick? I'm going to give you a minute. I don't know that to be the case, but maybe. All right, let's talk about Joe Burrow and Jake Browning. Joe Burrow lent his suite to Browning's family for the Colts game, which obviously, that I mean, that was a pretty surprising result right there as well. Jake Browning was asked if he bought that suite, and he said, it's not mine. I did not buy that in the preseason. It's very expensive. <laughs> and so I Hold you, on. Have you looked up how much Browning makes at the moment? Because I, I can't imagine it's a lot for a football player. For a human, it's definitely a lot. I always hate we do that every once in a while where we'll be like, oh, six million dollars? That's nothing. And then we're like, we we would love $6 million. Yes, for a human, it's so lots and lots of You're saying money. on a base salary annually of $695,000 that he couldn't afford that suite. 
I mean, but I think you have to buy it by the season, right? Just, what? Just buying a suite with us costs $9,000 for a Cowboys game. So, so Joe Burrow, Delvin Hodges is the one known as Duck. Um, so Joe Burrow, now that he has millions and millions of dollars to not play quarterback. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's still going to play quarterback. Said, it's hey, just... listen, I'm going to take this contract from you, Cincinnati Bengals, but only if you let me pay you money to have a suite. That sounds, that's weird, isn't don't it? Don't you think it's probably built into the contract, I don't know. right? I don't, that's what I would love to know that. Yeah. Because I don't want to pay my company back to use their stuff. I want to be like, hey, what's the perk for me doing awesome things But for you, you could use the suite for other things like Taylor Swift. Not Joe Burrow. Yeah, I can. No. Yeah. He's not going to go out there and try and steal Taylor Swift and no, Travis No, no, to watch the concert, not to steal her. Oh, yeah, that would probably. be Probably. I don't know if he's married or not. Is I think he's engaged. Let's talk about let's talk about Vikings and Raiders. Because if you watch that game, God bless you. I don't know how you made it through. With two minutes to go, it was the first scoreless game at this point since 2007. We just played the field goal. The Vikings were victorious three to nothing in the lowest scoring indoor game in history. Now, I know there's been plenty of 0-0, zero 2-0 to zero, to zero games throughout football history. We've talked about that with Scorigami and everything. That's usually older football and outside snow football. At least the Chargers had scored six points in the second half That's or the point. second quarter. That's a good against point. Against the Patriots when they won 6 nothing. And this one, 3 to nothing, The lowest scoring game in an indoor facility in the NFL ever. Now, it was gross. you think that's as gross as it got. Well... The Vikings went ahead and benched Josh Dobbs in favor of Nick Mullins. But then also, Justin Jefferson, after making his return, left again yeah. and went to the hospital with a chest injury. Yeah. And when he got hit, it looked like a back injury because he reached for his back. Yeah. And then he gets up and walks off later. And out, But it looked bad, man. It looked really bad. But when Nick Mullins gets in, he comes in, I think he, like, come completes a dagger 25 yarder down the field. I was like, what? And they're moving. And all of a sudden it's just like, nah, we're not really that good. We're just going to kick a field goal. So that Nick Mullins bad. and Jake Browning, as we all predicted, leading to some impressive victories yesterday. Speaking of things that people might not have predicted, I, I remain impressed by what the Broncos are doing. It It's pretty surprising. How can to you me. not? I, no, you're right. I thought they were done, done, done. You so before the season started, you were like you didn't have you didn't think Sean Payton. Nope. Well, I don't know. Was it that he's not a good coach? No, he's a or good that coach. The organization had too many flaws. Yeah, that's that's the one. And then as the season got started, you looked really good. Anybody who was was saying sure. that it wasn't going to happen looked really good. And since then, Sean Payton has turned this thing into a a very good team. Yeah, and they're they're not in the playoffs as of this moment, but they're with, still missing a lot of things, though. But they're 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 there, and they are seven and six. Cortland Sutton. He scored another touchdown. He is tied with Mike Evans for the second most receiving touchdowns in football. And they both trail Tyreek Hill. If you told me Tyreek Hill was going to be at the top of the heap, sure. But listen to the group. Tyreek Hill. Yeah, all right. Duh. Mike Evans. Okay. I could probably wrap my head around that. Stephon Diggs. CeeDee Lamb. 
All makes sense to me. The other person in the top five, Cortland Sutton. I would not have guessed that, so props to him. Why? I just... Because Jerry Judy has not turned into the best receiver on that team. No, you're right about that. But Sutton, out of SMU, I was very high on Cortland Sutton. I was very surprised he went late. I think he was a second-round pick. He was a second-round pick. And for for his size... But he also was like, well, he also doesn't have any good quarterbacks in in Denver. And now he's got a good quarterback. Uh, I think I was a little sketchy about the okay. good quarterback thing. But also, in the previous three years, he had four touchdowns total. That makes sense. Now, I realize, obviously, he didn't play a whole lot in 2020. Maybe hardly at all. Drew Locke. But, yeah, the same Drew Locke, who I thought for a minute might get the job done in Seattle yesterday. But, yeah, props to the Broncos, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton for continuing to defy my expectations. Also, I I do want to give Sean Payton some credit, too, for identifying that he has to have a good defense. Now, I felt like defense has been a calling card of his teams over the past, since that Super Bowl championship, for sure. But he was like, man, I can't just do it with Drew Brees being a great quarterback. I have to make sure I have a good defensive coordinator. I know Bounty Gate was a thing, but I have to have those things in place. Now, taking a step back to the Bengals real quick, did you also see over the weekend the NFL cleared the Bengals of mishandling Joe Burrow's injury status? Because remember, he's... Okay, no, I I actually didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, he said it was a... Burrow said it was a warm-up glove, not an injury glove. Because remember, they posted the video that immediately got deleted. Right, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. And then he got hurt, and so the investigation was on. Well, the NFL did, in fact, clear the Bengals of any chicanery in the injury to do. So he was just wearing a compression band for nothing, huh? That, I mean, he said it was to help his, I don't remember, his hands get bigger or something. It, that's not, I know that's not what it was. So he just, like, put a pump on his hand and it got I, bigger? I forgot what he, he's just talking about, like, it helps the circulation in his throwing arm and his throwing hand or something so like that. So it helps that. the blood get into his hand. Yeah, but, like, and then it grows. here's the thing. I might believe in that stuff sometimes. I thought the people who had the little, the the squeezy way, you know what I'm talking about for your hand? The squeezy way. You know what I'm talking yes. about, right? Zach, or was it Slater? Yeah. AC Slater with, always had one. With two little bars and the little circular coil that connected. I thought those people had the probably the firmest grip in the world because you would just see them pumping it all the time. And I was like, that person is probably super strong in their hand. But now we find out it's just like a, a compression pump. Yeah. Now if I saw you doing that, I'd think that you were a crazy person. All right. I don't know how to get out of that. I feel like I caused a lot of those problems Next for myself. Topic. All right. Thank you. Is Let's talk about the Cowboys' potential first-round opponent. Now, it could still be the Bucks, the Saints, the Falcons. I realize after yesterday's victory, the Cowboys have higher aspirations than being the number five seed. And I accept that, as we all should, and hopefully that's the way it plays out. But if the Cowboys were the number five seed, went on the road with an NFC South team in the first round, did you see the Bucks' victory over the Falcons? This division is in shambles, Corey. It's a mess, man. First of all, none of those teams have a winning record, all right? But let's get into the nitty-gritty of why that is. We can start with the Saints. Derek Carr said he fractured his ribs three times this season. What? 
He's already fractured his ribs three times this season. And you're like, okay, fine. Who's up next? The Buccaneers. They won 29 to 25 over the Falcons to move into first place. Good for them. They still have a losing record. They defeated the Falcons, who were at least 500. Why did the Falcons lose? Well, you know what? There's probably a number of reasons for all of this. But one thing that did help the Falcons in that game yesterday, they scored a touchdown when the Bucs had nine people on defense. Nine? Nine. Wow. It was a play run from the three-yard line. Look, I get it. How, do you, how does that happen? I don't know. I understand it's maddening. It I understand maddening. how you put 10 people maybe on accident or 12 people on accident. I guess I could conceive of that. How can you look at the field and be like, yeah, it looks right. Uh, I think we got enough people maybe on there. Maybe somebody was standing there in a jersey uh, behind, and they were like, oh, he's just out of bounds right now, and then he'll get back in bounds in a moment. So I don't know. That's I, ridiculous. But also, Baker Mayfield throwing for 144 <laughs> yards and winning is still ridiculous it, to me, too. No, you're right about that. But think about it. As of this moment... The Cowboys might be on track to play against the Buccaneers who won a game against the then division leader despite giving up a touchdown when they only had nine players on the field. These are all things that happened. Somebody did just ask, Kevin, for one more time, can you please explain the tiebreaker situation that puts the Eagles ahead? Thank you. As of right now, it is true. The Dallas Cowboys are ahead. That is a fact because they've played more divisional games. I'm not disputing that whatsoever. Just if you play out the rest of the schedule, let's say, for example, both teams win their next four games. And remember, while the, while the Cowboys have a really tough schedule coming up, two of the Eagles' next four games are against the Giants. So if both of them were to win out, they would both be 14-3, and three, push. They would have split the season series, push. They would have the same divisional record, push. They would have the same record against common opponents. I'll double check. I believe it was or uncommon opponents. I believe it was six and two. No, I had it right the first time. And they would have the same record against a common opponents. And then it would go to conference record. And that's where losing to the Jets gives the Eagles the tie break over the Cowboys. So now, it, it is, in theory, for the rest of the season, the Cowboys could win and be ahead, and then at the end of the season, it all changes. The Cowboys could 100% go 14-3 and this season and be on the road to start the playoffs. Sounds wild. That, that could happen. But the good news is I just explained to you one of the teams they're going to play, and so I feel like they'll be pretty heavy favorites in that game, but then you'd have to deal with the second round. So... Hopefully, Philly loses another game along the way. So that's why the Cowboys are ahead of the Eagles today. But in the long run, they would not hold the tiebreaker. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. I did want to throw out one more thing. It is very sad. Is Frank Wycheck, who was involved in the Music City Miracle, he did the lateral to Kevin Dyson. He was found dead in his home at the age of 52. They believe he had a fall. And then finally, when somebody, they went for a wellness check on him, he he had passed away. So only 52, very, very sad news right there for somebody who will always be remembered for an amazing play and an amazing comeback. Coming up next, we will talk with Dallas Cowboys Executive Vice President Stephen Jones right here on 105.3 The Fan.